are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is August 12th. It's a Friday, and it feels great to be back in the studio. Um, you know, we took two weeks off, a much-needed vacation, a little time away to clear the mind and, and get ready for this NFL season. Um, so we are back, and this should be a fairly packed episode. We have a lot to get to. Um, Tim's going to start with a rant like normal, and we will get into hits and misses to close out the first segment. And then getting into the second segment, we'll have our AFC East predictions, yes. uh, divisional predictions for this week. Well, I was just going to say, just show news, right? So what we yeah. got this week and next week, the normal Friday releases. Yes. The week after that, we start going Thursday. Right. Right, NFL season starts. We're going to start releasing Thursday morning. That way you have our predictions for that Thursday night game. The game's on Sunday, yes. the Monday night game, and we'll still, you know, we're in that in that perfect spot where we can still review the game from the previous week once we get into the NFL season. Right. Uh, so it's a good little happy medium there. So just, you know, set your calendars or whatever. Right. So Thursday the 25th will be our first um, episode that we will release there, and it, it'll be perfect for everything NFL, for getting all, all of our predictions out, uh, for getting all of the lines, and being able the to reviews. keep up with the latest stuff that's happening, right. uh, so that we're not a day or two behind for you guys. Uh, but as mentioned, we have a lot to talk about. I mean, these last two weeks in in the NFL, in sports in general, have kind of been crazy. Uh, you know, the passing of Vin Scully, that was oh, about a week ago now. Uh, we didn't get to the chance to address that on this show. Uh, we had a ton of other things going on in the NFL as well, right? You have the Deshaun, uh, he gets the sentencing of six, six game games. suspension, which I feel is a little bit light. It we'll feels get into light. that. Right. Um, you got George Pickens lighting it up. Yeah. Kenny Pickett, not so much. Here and there, we got the Giants. They're fighting at every other practice. Yes. Uh, even their offensive line coaches getting knocked out. That's kind of not funny but it's kind of funny kind of a mess in, it's like a, it's like a funny but right right definitely a mess certainly a mess uh you know i did say we will talk a little bit of basketball uh very little bit um lakers are a mess what's new they seem like they always are yeah so whatever uh but yes <clears throat> we'll start with my rant so deshaun right we're, we're we'll talk about deshaun that, that's the biggest news in the nfl and it's something that 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 like I'm going to say it pissed me off the most, right? It yeah. got the most reaction out of me. So I figured, you know what? I can go on for like six, seven minutes about this yes. easily, right? So he got six games. I think we can all agree it's a little bit light, right? That Six games for what? However many? 24. 24 something, right? Of people the 66. Are, people, oh, well, 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 the judge only looked at five. Okay, do we just forget that the other 19 or 20 happened? Do we, do we just forget? I mean, they're still there. Not only are they still there, well, I guess they're, they're settled, which is my point. He settled with them. He basically paid them to just stop pursuing any legal issues. He basically said, hey, here's money. Get off my back. Oh, that, that makes it better. That, I forgot. You know what? That, you're right. You're right. Don't even worry about those ones. He cleaned those up in pristine manner. It's ridiculous. So I, I'm not sure how well Sue Robinson knows the NFL or football in general, but I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say she knows just about zero. 
right? Her report says that there is boatloads of evidence against him, saying that there is habitual and and regular offense uh, of malicious and egregious behavior. Oh, she also goes on to say that she believes he has withheld a large amount of information during the process of the investigation. Um, okay, so that's six games? That's six games. Sue, sweetheart, with all due respect, did you accidentally forget the one in front of the six? Like, when, when you were writing or typing that out, did you did you forget? Was it a typo or a, a righto? Was it a mistake on your part to not put the one in front of the six? Like, how in God's name do you lay all that out in your report and come up with six games? It kind of, kind of reminds me of the SpongeBob thing where he's like, so I found this wallet, and then this is your name, and it's on the ID in the wallet, right? You're Patrick Starr. Yes, I'm Patrick Starr. And then this is your ID. That's my ID. And it was in your wallet. Yep. Yeah. So this is your wallet? And he goes, this is not my wallet. Yeah. Right? It's adding up, adding up. You can almost see where it's going. And then she's like, psych, it's six games. For what reason? I have no idea. I, I, I just don't get it. So that was my first thought that, you know, maybe she's not the best for this role. Right? Maybe we could find somebody who's at least... I, maybe she maybe she is familiar with the NFL and how they do it. But I, there's no way that you can look at the, the precedent of the league... And then lay all that out in your report and only give six games. Like, I don't think she understands that that's light. I'm not sure she does. My second thought was probably, what does Goodell do now, right? Because if he appeals or stiffens the suspension, you now run the risk of the NFLPA or Deshaun Watson or both of them suing the the, the league. And Deshaun will appeal. And eventually, as you appeal, you can play until the appeal is settled. Right? So if Deshaun appeals... Just like, much like Brady, and I believe that was Deflategate, right? He was appealing, appealing. He was able to play like week one or two. So my answer was delivered. Goodell was going to appeal. He's looking for a much stiffer suspension of at least 12 games. Looking for hopefully the entire season. Here's the thing. The, the Browns' ownership and his contract has done them no favors. Not at all. People around the, around the league, owners, executives, all that... They're pissed about the, uh, this is a horrific word, but I'm going to use it, weaselly manner of the contract, right? Kind of a, like a like a, like a low blow to all the other owners and the way contracts should be done. Yeah. The Browns knew that he was going to be suspended for part of this season, so they only gave him like 800000 of a salary this, this season with like a $46 million signing bonus. You know what that signing bonus was? That was his salary for this season. They put it as a signing bonus so it's not touched whenever he's suspended. That's that's shady, right? That that's just straight up wrong, to be quite frank. Right. So, who does Goodell work for? The thirty-two owners. What are the other thirty-one owners going to say to Goodell? Hey, man, do your worst. <laughs> do your worst, right? This guy guaranteed two hundred and thirty million dollars to oh, I don't know, like horrendous behavior, right? I mean, j- j- just leave it to Cleveland to continuously make poor decisions and be an utter embarrassment to the league. I mean, Cleveland Browns fans, players, front office personnel, and especially the ownership, they should be ashamed. They should be laughed at. I mean, they are an utter disgrace to football. They're the scum of the earth. I can't stand Cleveland. I'm sick of them, and I'm sick of this story. Right? I will not discuss this again until this appeal is resolved, and a little be, it'll either be more anger because it wasn't raised enough, or it'll be absolute jubilation because it's 12-plus, hopefully a season. 
I mean, it is egregious. Who actually thinks that six games is realistic? I mean, that, that is ridiculous. That's insane. I mean, that's insane. I really hope Deshaun spent it for a year. This is, this is my dream. Let's lay out my dream fantasy here. Step one. This appeal turns this suspension into a full season, meaning Deshaun Watson has now sat out two full years of NFL football. Step two. He comes back in one year and is utterly horrific. Step three, he is so bad continuously that he is now out of the league and the Browns are swirling the drain once again like they've been for the past 25 years. Three-step plan. Step one is in progress. (laughs) As the diabolical mastermind that I am, step one is in progress. And I think it's going to go well. I really do. And... Now, step two is where it gets tricky because Deshaun is talented, so I'm not sure he's going to be that bad. But, hey, two years out of anything, good luck getting back into it. It just boils my blood. It boils my blood, and I hate Cleveland fans so much. Uh, you know, I try to be very impartial <laughs> on this show, right? Because, you know, yeah. the, like Pittsburgh real local media can can kind of bash whoever they want. It doesn't matter because they're not pulling viewership from Cleveland. I don't even care. Cleveland fans... I hope you listen to me to hate me. I hope you do. I really hope you do. Because the feeling is so mutual. I hate your ownership. I hate you. And I hate your quarterback. I did hate your quarterback. I hate your new one. I hate your former one, your new one, and all of them. Right? The feeling is so mutual. I just want to let you know. Please take it away from me or I might start yelling. Yeah, I'm not sure we do have many Cleveland fans to start out. We do have a we have a very okay, this is the funny part. We have a very large viewership in Cleveland actually. They they watch our show a lot, they listen to our show a lot and they like to consume our content. Pray um, to hate on me, which is fine. And, and they do leave some rather interesting comments. Good. But you know what? Sometimes what you need in life is a little wake up call, and that's why we do a segment that we like to call hits and misses. All right, so let's get into it. Hits and misses. We're Friday, August 12th. I like to give it a little timestamp. So you know, the people know. We're right. for the people. Um, except for the ones of Cleveland. Another, again. Maybe it's just a pick on Cleveland type of day. I think it might be. Or is that an everyday thing? It's an everyday thing okay. on this show. I mean, okay. it's kind of what we set out to do in the first place, is it not? It was like, one, create a podcast, two... Rip, Rip Cleveland. Cleveland fans, and then I think at some point those two may have gotten flipped. So uh, no, I think they're just well, they made a flip, but they kind of go hand in they hand. They mesh together. It yes. was really easy when Baker was there. God, it was so easy. easy. And it's uh, like Deshaun's picking picking up right where he left off. Different yeah. reasons, of course. Baker was never very. You know, it wasn't that bad off the field. But anyway, hit hit number one. Uh, you know, we've said this before. We tend to trust Steelers drafts, right? They're they're really a really solid drafting organization, especially when it comes to wide receivers. Oh man! Well, second round pick George Pickens is an absolute dog, a, a menace, right? He's my pick for rookie of the year. I think he's got the size, the speed, the hands. He's got the grit. He's got some alpha to him. Yeah. You know, I think he's got it all. Uh, you know, I, I worry. You know, he could be a little bit of a of a diva eventually once he sees some success. Mm-hmm. I can see a little A B in it. Um, Call me crazy. I could see a little A, B in it, but at the end of the day, we're, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's going to be really, really good. He's my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think I think, I totally agree with you. On the diva part, though, I think Steelers fans have a sour taste in their mouth because of um, an A, B. You'll get guys that are divas sometimes, an OBJ, but if they're in the right system, right coach, usually that will they can balance it out a little bit. Um, a, B was like... One of those scenarios where it's right. just like, ah, oh, you're not, you're not getting him back now. Right. Um, but no, George Pickens is, I think, 
going to be the most productive Steelers player this year. I'm going to make that prediction. I think um, so, too. I think we could see – I see a lot of Jamar Chase. Like, first year, bang, he's ready to go. Right. They've been putting him on in, in one-on-ones very frequently, and he's been dominating, too. Uh, going over the middle, making catches. I've seen him making acrobatic catches, one-hand stuff, falling backwards. Uh, it seems like he's going to be a really good plug-and-play guy in really any – type of formation scheme that the Steelers are going to draw up this year. I agree. Uh, on the flip side, you know, Steelers have a, a little bit less of a hit rate on their first round picks, and I worry about Kenny Pickett a little bit. So I, I said I recommend starting Kenny Pickett. Well, evidently, he's not looking too hot in camp. He's currently third on the depth chart that they just released last week, the first one of the year. Uh, it tells me that they either have the wrong guy. Well, no, that's a, actually the, that's all it tells me is that I think they have the wrong guy. Now, we'll see. And I'm still remaining optimistic. I'm just saying, prediction-wise, I'm not a huge fan. Right. So his only plus trait was that he was NFL ready. Right. If we wanted a guy with the best arm, Malik Willis. One of the most mobile, Malik Willis. We wanted maybe more, you know, SEC style spread him out football, Matt Corral. Right. You wanted a little bit more size to your quarterback. Right. Like a little more stocky, Sam Howell. Right. Like the only trait that was really plus was that he was NFL ready. And now he can't beat out Mason Rudolph. So. I know it's early, but I mean, good lord, I mean, the greats shine really quick. Like, clearly Mitch is the better option here at quarterback, and he's looked great, and that's fine. He's a fine bridge. I'm just not sure that the grass on the other side of that bridge is what we what we think it could be. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, and our thing was always, if you if you draft pick, well, we weren't even pushing the draft picket in the first place. Um, when I saw him picked... I mean, we went through that in previous episodes. I did not like the pick. But once we finally, you know, came to our the realization that he is going to be at least one of our quarterbacks, we said, you, you have to start him right away. You have to see what you have in him. You have to roll him out for tough divisional games uh, against Cincinnati week one. Like, you have to see how he plays in these types of situations because you have a loaded quarterback draft coming up th- this next year right. so you have to evaluate your talent at the very minimum uh, and, and get him those reps and if he is NFL ready then and, and we drafted him on that premise then why are we not seeing really any stepping stones going that way right I agree I agree I just I worry a little bit I maybe a lot of it doesn't matter don't like, like I'm not pulling for him or dire <laughs> Steelers fan like I hope he proves me wrong and I think that's why George Pickens is going to be so valuable because you need a target like that, especially to bail out a quarterback that might be under duress. You know, the Steelers don't have the best offensive line. And right. It's a tough situation. Right. Hit uh, number two. So we, we've always said that, you know, we love Aaron Rodgers as a talent, right? I think he's somebody that I probably love on my team even, right? Maybe even on my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think it's pretty clear that he's not a Super Bowl caliber quarterback anymore. First of all, he can't win at home in a playoff game to a California team in the snow. Oof. I mean, just... Just like I talked about in my rant, right? Add it all up, chalk it all up, right? Lie to the judge, 25 cases, six games. Like, that result doesn't make sense, no. right? At home, number one seed, off a bye against a California warm-weather team, lose? Right? Like, it doesn't make sense. So, I don't think he's a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl anymore, right? Go- going and drinking, like, acid tea. Mm. Okay, like, you know, go have fun. But I'm out on that, right? That that you know, for that reason, I'm out, Mark Cuban, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, Justin Herbert's not doing that. Tom Brady's not doing that. Josh Allen's not doing that. Russell Wilson, etc. My top five quarterbacks aren't going and drinking hallucinogenic cocktails. That's just not what I would like my quarterback to be doing. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know who I love at the podium? 
and who I don't even love as a talent, is Dak Prescott, right? Says the right thing, always does the right thing, complete grown-up, right? I would rather that than Aaron at this point. At least I know my future with Dak. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I don't like the fact that he was drinking hallucinogenic tea. Like, what are we doing? You're an NFL quarterback. You're the face of a franchise, and you have been for how many years, for God's sakes? Like, have you not figured out that this is not what you do when you are in a position like an NFL quarterback? Funny, you mentioned Tom Brady never did that. Oh, he had a lot of success. He didn't need a hallucinogenic tea in the offseason to help him reset so that he could better lead a football team. Um, no, he I just think, did it. You, you know what? I, some alternatives that I think would help Aaron are maybe some film study. Um, maybe working with Alan Lazard now that he's your number one receiver, that's kind of a kind of an issue i'd probably situation. be spending some time with him maybe i don't know running a couple route trees you know getting some things figured out because you just lost your number one target i don't know how a how a t fixes that maybe it does mentally for you and that's fine aaron but I, there are we other there are other things that you could be spending your time doing that you need to be spending your time doing i don't care how many years you've been in the league this is a new situation for him right we also don't need to hear about it like, go do whatever you want to do i'm not sure that's something i'd publicize but whatever uh so to hit uh miss number two i'm sorry i i like the doug peterson hiring for for trevor lawrence i think he's a grown-up in the room he's he's you know clever offensively but, I mean, good Lord, playing almost all the starters, including Trevor Lawrence and, and Travis Etienne in the preseason, I think that's a bad idea. Like, Very. I think it's a lose-lose, you know, a lot of risk, not a lot of reward situation. But, yeah. I mean, hey, go for it. I, I disagree with it. I think it's a bad look like, for Doug Peterson and the Jags, but whatever. Like, what are you getting from that with your potential stars other than them to get injured? I mean, they're, they're seeing better reps in practice at that point, and, and they're not getting hit in practice. But you're going to roll them out against the third team to maybe have some success and be like, oh, well, we won a couple preseason games. Okay, nobody else played anybody. It doesn't make any sense to me. Hit number three, my legit only opinion about the Lakers is that Russell Westbrook is a horrific fit, and I don't think he's a good NBA player anymore, regardless of fit. I think maybe if you are a boring team that needs to sell tickets, like I, like maybe like Washington uh, or, or Sacramento, maybe like a, like a, like a, a city that needs to sell tickets and kind of needs... I guess a centerpiece. He's not really a centerpiece, but needs a guy to, to quite frankly just sell tickets. He'd be a good fit. But I think he's a really not productive NBA player. Um, I think he is uh, way too ball centric, right? Doesn't play the game the right way. Doesn't play defense. Is way too into himself. Isn't for the team. Uh, report is that they are demanding that he changes. And my guess would be that if he didn't, that he'll be gone. Yeah. Miss number three. And our final little miss here of the segment. So, you know, I had a pretty rough rant about a year and a half, two years ago, right? I said, be careful about paying Josh Allen, right? So now, obviously, his numbers back then were still better than Goff, but only marginally, right? So I compared Josh Allen's numbers pre, pre-payday and Goff's numbers pre-payday. Now, they were, Allen's were better, mm-hmm. but not, like, astoundingly better. And Jared's been to a Super Bowl. And I said, you know, all things considered... They're decently equal, right? I'd be careful. And they were back then. They were. They were back then. Well, now, uh, you know, I'd I'd say I'd be wrong, you know, very much so, right? And I'm a huge fan of Josh Allen's, so I'm really glad that he's put my worries to bed. I'm glad that I'm wrong here. It's a happy miss for me here at Miss Number 3 on a a beautiful Friday. And God, is Josh Allen special. I mean, he really is. He is going to be... 
He's so good for so long in Buffalo. Well, he's the MVP front runner right now. The odds-on favorite, I guess you could say, and uh, the Bills are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. So yeah, and I would say he's probably you know fifty percent of the reason that he that they are oh, odds to win over the Super that. Bowl. I think he's seventy-five. I mean, yeah, the value that he holds. In that city, you take him out and you put anybody else in. Well, it does the, not work. The leading rusher last year. I mean, I mean, does so much. Uh, right. But that's all we have for the first segment. Stick around. We are going to be getting into the AFC East divisional predictions. So we got the Bills, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Jets all coming at you next. All right, we are back. Check, check. Mike is hot. All right, we are ready to go. Yep. On a Friday weather report. Uh, hot, but cooling down a little bit. Yeah. Still so humid, though. All right, so it's been raining a lot, but the humidity hasn't subsided. So maybe I'm crazy. If there's any actual weather people out there, please correct me if I'm wrong, right? Humidity builds, and then it rains. Yeah. So now, like, in my head, I see it both ways, right? Wouldn't that release the humidity? But then in my other, you know, part of my mind, I'm like, well, there's more water down down on Earth near us. So wouldn't there be more humidity? Up. So, like, I see it both ways. Raining I always increases thought, humidity. See, I always thought it was reversed. Rain. We've mm. had more rain. It hasn't stopped raining for, like, the last week up until now. Um, so, yes, very humid, but the temperature's not, like, 90 anymore. We're back into, you know, high 70s, high 70s. Some, some low 80s, right. which is always pretty good around here this time of year um so we'll take it we are getting close to the fall though which oh. we discussed a couple days ago we were together and you i thought i will not hear an argument that fall is not the best season so should i should i lay out my argument real quick yeah go ahead. Time. so here's go my ahead. argument right in every facet of i'm not talking just weather right weather plays into it but <laughs> in every facet of life right so first of all for us so, so we're still in school senior senior year coming up college right yep but even in the fall, you still have a little bit of enthusiasm and some will to live. You haven't been absolutely uh, demoralized, undressed by your professors yet. You've been, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, relatively, you're, you're feeling good about your life. Um, the weather is solid, mm-hmm. right? 60s maybe. Every now and then it gets a little chilly. Ooh, throw a hoodie on. I like my hoodies anyway. All right. Little flannel. Fantastic. Um, football season obviously yeah and then we hunt a little bit right it's a fun time right so that's in the fall get out do some hunting please yeah. outline anything that's not good about fall uh in the comments or you know however you listen to this if it's youtube in the comments tell me what is what, what am i missing about fall for those of you that don't like it and uh add maybe what i'm missing for why you do like it as well yeah. or send us a voice message through anchor if you follow our website go through there um send us a voice message we can play it on the show respond to it so sure that might work too shoot that over as well <clears throat> we're burning a lot of time talking about a whole lot of nothing though so yeah uh all we got is i mean <laughs> we're only keeping what the afc east waiting you know uh so let's get right into that the divisional predictions uh for the afc east uh for 2022 let's go we, we start at the bottom right is that right yeah we always start bottom up cool uh, let's go with number four in the division, the New York football Jets. So here's my thing. Now, do I think they've made some good improvements? Yes, their drafts have been pretty decent. They've addressed the areas of need. But now that their left tackle, Mekhi Beckton, we can probably say he's a bust, right? If he misses this whole season, which he got hurt, and he's expected to miss the whole season, he'll have missed 35 of 50 eligible games. Yeah. And when he plays, he's good, not special. So that's probably a bust there, right? And the quarterback, we don't know yet, right? Has some talent, but hasn't really showed it. Been really reckless, not completing enough passes. Had the worst QBR in the league. Yeah. So and we have an unproven defensive head coach in a league that's increasingly offensive. So I don't love that. Weapons are good, not special. 
and the defense is relatively weak. Uh, and in a division with Josh Allen, I don't love Tua, but Tua will be really, really productive in Mike McDaniel's system. Yeah, I mean, he will be. I don't think he would be any worse than Jimmy G, and I'm a big Jimmy G guy, and he played in the same system under Mike McDaniel. Uh, and their schedule is pretty brutal. They start off with like four or five games against either playoff teams from last year or playoff caliber teams uh, going into this season. So I just don't see... I mean, even the easy games against, you know, like the Patriots and like Bears and stuff like that, like those are, those are still, for the Jets, tough games. And even the tough games they play, they're all on the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think they go like, like even to Seattle, right? That's like, that's probably like their easiest road game. That's still not an easy road game. No. So I, I don't see a whole lot of wins on their schedule. It, it's really tough to find them still. I think they're. They're in the place where they're starting to be able to build back a little bit. Um, right. They are adding the right pieces. They, they had a really good draft. Um, like The question marks are still at the most valuable spots, though. Your coach, defensive leaning, the, the entire league is leaning offensive. Uh, your, your quarterback, big question mark. Does he have arm strength? Yeah. We, we were talking the other day that there was a video of Zach Wilson throwing the football at training camp, and it was like one of the hardest footballs ever thrown. the fastest thrown football in tra- uh, training camp history. And it's like, that was never the question with Zach Wilson. It's Where's it going? <laughs> <laughs> accuracy. It's decision-making. It's right. avoiding the rush. It's everything else uh, that you need to do. So, yeah, 4-13 and 13 seems about right for the Jets. They're going to need to really show that they have something moving in the right direction uh, if they want that to increase. Right, well, it's... Uh... Piss off some more people that we really don't care about. That's New England <laughs> Patriot fans. Uh, they're right up there with Cleveland fans. Plus, they've got a lot of karma coming to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you uh, won seven Super Bowls. Right, right. You're you're owed a bad season. And I think here it is, right here, five or and six. twelve. Five and twelve uh, is the projected record that we have for the New England Patriots. Here's the thing: quarterback play, average at best. Average at best. No real offensive coordinator. You lose one of the best in the game, Josh McDaniels, as your offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You lost your best offensive line piece, Shaq Mason. You, you know, your weapons on the outside really aren't special. Not a whole lot of perimeter talent at all. You overpaid last year for a lot of free agents that didn't really pan out. Your defense is good, not special. You, you lost your top corner, right? So I, the, the schedule's tough, right? I think I think they, they've they been losing to Miami a lot recently. I don't think that changes. And you have Buffalo, who's an absolute buzzsaw. Like, I don't understand... I don't know where the wins are going to come from. Now, I think Bill will coach him to a couple. Yeah. But even then, I still think it's only five wins. He'll, he'll get them. six. I completely agree. He'll get them prepared and ready to go for every single game, and they'll have a shot because of him. Um, but he can't strap on pads and go down there and play. Uh, and plus, let's, you know, we're going to get to it in the third segment, uh, who we project to be the best, like, sophomore uh, superstar of right. the class of quarterbacks going into their second year. Mac Jones isn't a guy that I would really consider. Um, I still question a lot with him and just Alabama quarterbacks in general. I don't tend to trust. It's it's a thing that I have. So I mean, what name of the one that that has uh, succeeded at a high level? So that's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dolphins at number two. I think this is a fringe playoff team. I think ten and seven feels about right for them. Right, they're still rebuilding the offensive line, and the defense could use some pieces, especially after losing a defensive head coach like Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. I expect the defense to take a slight step back, but they add a lot of good weapons uh, in the backfield, and obviously Tyree Kill. So now you have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson's a really good three, and Mike Gesicki is a fantastic tight end. Yeah. You now have like three or four backs. You can go three or four deep. That are, that are all starting caliber backs. You got Miles Gaskin, um, 
Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, just to name a few. Those are the top four, and all of them were starters last season. Uh, so you have a lot of talent in the backfield. So two is not going to have to carry the roster. And, first of all, it's a good roster. And I think Tua is going to take a step up, right? Uh, like I said, Jimmy G in the same system was a really, really serviceable quarterback. Yeah. He was accurate and he was on time. I expect Tua to be those things. Is he going to be extraordinary uh, You know, outside of the framework of the play? Maybe not. Does he have to be? Not really. right? So you know, as much as I bang on Tua, I think he could be a very productive quarterback this year and I think it'll lead them to about 10 wins I think at best 11 if they you know get a couple things go their way it's the NFL you know it's inches really really matter yeah uh I think 10 wins is also a a pretty generous prediction towards Miami as to what they've been and where people see them going um I I feel like 10 and 7 is just kind of it's very accurate in my opinion but I also feel like you know this is also kind of Pro Miami a little bit, sneak into the yeah. playoffs, maybe catch a win or two, um, and they have some of the nicest practice facilities. We kind of went through Miami a little bit in the last week, yeah, and flew over their practice facility, like Sweet. landing uh, around Fort Lauderdale area, and you could see it coming in. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So. Right, and you match getting the playoffs. Right, imagine it's January. Do you want to see that system? Hard nose running the football system with four backs coming at you. I wouldn't want to face them, so that could they could be make some noise. Detrimental to a team. Yep. All right. Uh, how about Buffalo in the number one spot? I don't think it's a shock to anybody. I think it's probably right now. If I had to pick the best team in the league, I think I'd probably go with Buffalo. I think they have a chip on their shoulder too, especially the way they lost last season. I think they have. They would have to one of the MV, one of the the, the top MVP picks. Uh, you know, at, at quarterback and Josh Allen, right? Do I worry that they'll run the football enough? Yeah, I do worry a little bit, but they have really good weapons, yep. a solid offensive line. They have a really good pass rush. I think they have one of the top corners in the game in Tredavious White. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds and, and uh, Matt Milano are coming back as inside linebackers. They're solid. Uh, and then you have Sean McDermott, who's a really, really solid coach. I worry he's defensive, and I worry about losing Brian Dable. But I think Josh Allen at this point is is self-sufficient, right? He doesn't need Brian Dable to develop him anymore. He can kind of do it himself. Uh, him in the offensive corner, the new one, can kind of take over uh, that system. I don't think there will be too much of a decline in the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so Buffalo at 14-3. and three. I yeah. mean, we, we had trouble finding wins. It was plausible to go 16-1. Uh, and one. Yeah. I mean, seriously. We got to the end, and it was... Yeah, it was very, very hard to start to look and pick out losses. Like you had to start pick looking. out some upsets and stuff. Yeah, yeah and then oh well, this is a Thursday night game they play. A little short rest. I mean, right. but then again, the other team also has short rest. It's a whole thing that goes into it. Right. Are they traveling? What time are they playing at? A lot of that stuff matters. Um, but yeah, I mean, Buffalo at the top of the division. I don't think it's really a shock to anybody. Right. Uh, it, it's going to be this year, and next year. We talked about it. You know, they did pay Josh Allen. That's the truth of it. So right. their Super Bowl window is shrinking. I think if they're going to make a move, it's got to be now. Go this year or next year. Make I, a push. I completely agree. So to run back through the division. So just to run back through it, we got the Jets at four and thirteen, the Patriots at five and twelve, the Dolphins at ten and seven, and then atop the division, the Buffalo Bills at fourteen and three. Seems about right. The, the order is definitely correct. Yes. Now you can you can nitpick a game or two here and there. I can't see it finishing. The Dolphins in a different aren't order. winning. The Patriots aren't finishing higher than the Dolphins. And the only the only higher. two that I could honestly see 
maybe flipped are the Patriots and the Jets. You think the Patriots can finish last? See, I don't think they will. I just don't think Bill. Like, I think Bill's too well, good for that. If it, but. if it wasn't to finish like this, the only other way that I could maybe see it finishing is the bottom two flip. Because I don't yeah. think the Bills are, are going to win the division. Right. And I don't think the Dolphins are as bad as the Patriots. Like, I think the Patriots are significantly worse than the Dolphins. The gap is closer with the with the Patriots and the Jets, though. Right. I get, yeah, I get, I, get, I get what you mean. Either way, uh, it is now time to get into the superlatives uh, for the AFC East. So that is MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Breakout Player, and then the Coach of the Division. So let's go with that. All right, we'll start with MVP. Uh, I think it's pretty clear Josh Allen. I think he might be the MVP of the league. So by default, he would probably be <laughs> you know, the MVP of this division. I would hope so. Uh, first of all, he's the most... The most important position is quarterback. He is easily the best quarterback in this division. Uh, top three in the league. He's their leading rusher. Their leading, obviously, their leading passer. Uh, he's their most dynamic football player, period. It counts for most of the points and yards. <laughs> like, almost all of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the best arms in the league. He's now added another dimension to his game, which is pinpoint accuracy, uh, especially down the field. So, Josh Allen, an MVP, who else would you even pick? I mean, yeah, try, let's, let's try to pick a second. Okay, moving on because we could have. Seriously, I was I was mulling it over there, and nobody came to mind. I think our offensive player of the year might be like I think that that'd be like my next pick. Yeah, he would be the he'd be the next pick if Josh Allen wasn't in, in this division. He would probably be it, or maybe the guy down in Miami, Tyreek Hill. P- quite possibly, that would be the only other two that I can even fathom. Yeah, but I don't even I don't see Tyreek being as productive as um, as our offensive player of the year. Which you can see it here. Without further ado, is Stephon Diggs. Uh, first of all, I think he's one of the cleanest route runners. I think he's got fantastic hands. He's one of the he's one of the guys where I have no doubt that he is in the offseason. He is working his butt off every single day to clean up every little thing. I mean, when they lost to the Chiefs, he was on the field watching their celebration. Yeah. I mean, like little things like that. You could tell he's come back with a chip on his shoulder. He's got again one of the best quarterbacks in the game delivering him the football. Uh, like I said, clean routes, good hands. I, I I don't know what his weakness is, so I'll go Stephon Diggs, offensive player of the year. Yeah, and he oh, partnered along with a Josh Allen, a, a quarterback like that that's going to be able to get him the ball in every single situation. And push it downfield. And, and put it right in the basket, too, because you know he can get open on those fly right. routes. We've seen him do it for his entire career. Um, so, I mean, offensive player of the year, the most electric receiver to go with the most electric quarterback in the division makes sense to me. Yep. Our defensive player of the year, a little bit of a shock, kind of predicting. Uh, not, I guess not a shock. He's a really good DB. I'll go Xavier Howard. Uh, so Xavier Howard, really good, really well known for his interceptions. He's yeah. more of a ball hawking uh, defensive back. Went back and forth between him and Tre'Davious White with uh, with the Bills, but we got to spread some love to some other players. Yeah, right. And on plus, some other teams. Right, and plus Miami's going to have to. Uh, you know, they're going to have their defense going to have to step up if they want that ten seven record. Right, I don't think Tua can carry him to that. Uh, so I think they're going to have to step up, and I think a big part of that will be Xavier Howard. I think he'll get I don't know, three, four picks. He'll be in the top five in interceptions. Uh, you know, he's always been a good you know cover corner as well. So uh, defense player of the year, Xavier Howard, makes sense to me. Uh, absolute sense. Yeah, uh, he's going to be kind of the one I would say in charge, and, and in, he's the captain of that defense for sure. Well, he's in charge of holding that culture that was shaped by a defensive head coach, Brian Flores. And he did a great job with that defense, and he was building something. We were a little confused by the firing um, earlier in the year. Right. So, I mean, if there's anybody that's going to be able to carry on the tradition of that defense and 
you know, push that because that's two is not going to get it all done for you offensively. Right. You're going to need a lot of help on the other side of the football, and I think he's a guy that's going to be able to lead them there. Couldn't agree more. All right, breakout player. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a shock to anybody, but Elijah Moore, uh, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, who is going into his second year with the Jets. Kind of a shiftier slot type of guy. Yeah. But he's got some size to him. You know, not, not super tall, but he's got some bulk to him, right? So, uh, like, I, I don't think he's going to get hurt or anything like that. I think he'll have a really, really nice 17-game season. Might miss a game, which was 16. Right? I think he's going to have a really nice season. You look up, he's going to have, you know, 1,200 yards and, I don't know, nine touchdowns. I think he's going to be Zach Wilson's number one target. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll be sharing with, with that with, uh, with Corey Davis. But I think he'll have a really, really good year. Shifty after the catch. Elijah Moore for breakout uh, player of the year. He reminds me a lot of Debo Samuel. I see some comparisons yeah. there just yeah. because of the size, the grittiness, and the way that they play the right. game. Both very aggressive and almost, instead of you know drifting to the sidelines like a lot of receivers do. Oh, they're putting their shoulder down. These are the type of dudes that go and almost find people on the defense to go oh, run yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, I love the style of play. It's worked out great for Debo. I could see that being a big factor in Elijah Moore's game, and I think he's going to step that up this year too. Yeah, I agree. And Robert Sala coming from San Francisco wouldn't be a bad idea to use him in a similar way, right? Exactly. Some jet sweeps. I don't love me putting him in the backfield because they do have a strong backfield, but, you know, incorporate him other than just the pass game. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Coach Deer, I mean, uh, we went back and forth, right? You you could argue Mike McDaniel, right? Because I think the Dolphins are going to look significantly improved. You could argue Sean McDermott because he's one of the best coaches. You could argue Bill Belichick because he's all-time one of the best coaches. We kind of settled on Sean McDermott because, first of all, I think this is the year that they take that next step. And if they don't at least get to the Super Bowl, or if they don't win the Super Bowl, I think they'll at least get to the Super Bowl. Yes, That's my team to come out of the AFC. And I think you're going to see the defense take a step up as well. They started playing really well at the end of last season, kind of, you know, started to started to figure it out with some new pieces. I think that'll continue into the season. Uh, they could very well have a top three offense and a top three defense in the league. Uh, and I just don't think Bill this season has it. I just don't think. Look, why would you appoint two D or one defensive head coach and a special teams coach as your offensive coordinators and their quarterback coach? Is a former DB. And, like, what are we doing? And he still takes all the reins on on the drafting and the scouting. They drafted a guy who was projected in the fourth round. They drafted him in the first round. A, a guard from Chattanooga. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me, right? Sean McDermott is clearly, right now, today, a better football coach and has his team moving in a better direction than Bill has it, the Patriots moving in. He's just younger. He, he has a better feel for the more recent game of football. I feel he like just, Bill... Like, Yes, defense is very important, but it's no longer the defense is the most important part of your team. No, um, far from it. So, I mean, you have to have that mindset of adapting to the, to the league and the way it's changing. You right. can't be stuck in your ways in the NFL whatsoever. I think it's 60% offense, 30% defense, 10% special teams. Yes. That'd be a solid breakdown. Yeah. Right, could, okay, so Bill, 30, he gets 30%, right? What's that win you in a 17-game season? About four or five games. What do we have, Matt? Five games. Five and 12. Right, because our offense is horrendous. And, and, so. it's, and it's really hard to find more wins than that. So, yeah. Sean McDermott, a coach. So, if we just want to just run back down through those, toss the graphic up. We have MVP. Uh, we got Josh Allen. And then Offensive Player of the Year, Stephon Diggs. Defensive Player of the Year, Xavion Howard. And uh, breakout, we have Elijah Moore breaking out from the Jets and Coach of the Year, Sean McDermott of 
the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that is all we have for the second segment. Stick around for the third segment. We will be giving you uh, the sophomore superstar. Who do we think is going to have the best second year in the league uh, out of all the quarterbacks drafted in the previous draft? So stick around for that. Not going to want to miss it. Here we go into the third segment here on a Friday, August 12th. Um, Pretty interesting, strange, pretty interesting segment. Uh, We have who will be the best superstar uh, sophomore quarterback, right? So quarterback going into their second year in the league, maybe didn't pop much last year or as expected due to the draft. And then, right, right. So we have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. I guess the only one that would be, I guess, like any of the quarterbacks drafted would be eligible, but the only one that's going to have a starting spot would be Davis Mills. Yeah. All right, so all those six are going to be starting quarterbacks that were drafted last year will make their will begin their second season in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Those are the six starting quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Davis Mills. And, and, it's, and it's going to be interesting because, I mean, a lot of these guys, especially with Trevor Lawrence is the first one that comes to my mind when I think right. of, like, talent. Right. He was – it seemed that he was in the news. He was covered forever at Clemson. Right. He just felt like he went to school there for, like, five, six years almost because and he it was just – only, all, like, what, three? And it was three. Yeah. And it – all you heard about was Trevor Lawrence, and he was in the spotlight. Then he goes to Jacksonville, and he kind of hit a little bit last year. He was a prodigal son in Clemson, so, I mean. Well, yeah, but I, it's just he went from being covered, talked about most in the media, to kind of pushed down to nothing in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I think a guy like him, it's going to be really interesting to see how he responds. All right, so who's your sophomore superstar? You made to go first? I like – no, you go first. I like Trevor Lawrence. Okay. All right, so, so here's the thing. I honestly didn't even do my research. What a what a bad podcaster I am. Okay, so let's look at the Jaguars' offensive weapons. Okay, Jaguars' offensive weapons. So first of all, I think the addition of Doug Peterson is huge, right? I think. I mean, so you look at what he had with was the most chaotic coaching situation probably in the league in Urban Meyer. Now you give him Doug Peterson, who has. Taken Carson Wentz to the Super Bowl, which I'm higher on Carson Wentz than most, and but we can all kind of admit, not the best quarterback, right? We actually took Nick Foles there for the latter part of that run, but it started with Carson Wentz. So he took Carson Wentz and Nick Foles to a Super Bowl and then beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in it, right? So he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. Uh, you get ETN back and healthy. I think that's a huge get. His college running back, he already has, you know, some... He has a relationship with him, right? He's comfortable with him. You get ETN back and healthy. James Robinson comes back, who can still run the football really, really well. Obviously, you lose DJ Chark. That's not great. Marvin Jones is still a really, really solid receiver. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, I believe, is going to take the next step up. Wide receiver from, I believe, Colorado. Uh, was drafted a year before T-Law. Right, so I, I, I'm looking here, right? Offensive weapons. Let's see. June of 2022. All right, that's us. Right, okay, so we have we have ETN. That's who I was thinking of, right? So then you go and get Christian Kirk from Arizona. That's going to be your number one target. You'll have Zay Jones, 
who kind of resurrected his career a little bit with the with the Raiders last season. Kind of a big catch guy. And then you got Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram the really talented tight end from uh, the Giants, who comes over. Right, Didn't put it all together with New York, but I think is, has the talent to do so. Right, So you add all these new pieces, all this new talent, and you give him a really solid offensive head coach. I think you're going to see the biggest leap in Trevor Lawrence's game out of all the rookie quarterbacks. That's my case for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I like that. He's but had, then again, it's Jacksonville. Well, yes, it's Jacksonville, but he has had a lot of pieces around him that were the issue resolved for the most part. Right. Like external noise, a lot of noise is, is now gone. Um, so I like that. The guy that I like, Trey Lance. Trey, I mean, that's fair. Um, He's probably got the most talent around him and the most stability. Yes, I think, I mean, you're in a stable organization, like you said, with San Francisco. They've been great. It's been a very little... You know, they're a very, very highly sought after team in the league. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, Trey can't. Lance is one of the most athletic quarterbacks, I would say. Right. Just in the division alone. Oh yeah. Not to mention the entire NFC, possibly the NFL. I mean, he is athletic, six four, and can move and has a rocket arm. Yeah, and they just got uh, Ray Ray McLeod from Pittsburgh. Right. You got Debo, Brandon Ayuk. Ray Ray McLeod said he compares Trey Lance to Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen. Now, I'm not sure I'd go that far. I don't think he's quite as big and as physically gifted, but, I mean, his arm is special. Have you seen some of the throws he's been making? Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. and You probably have the best left tackle in all of football well, you're and a also, really good right tackle. You're George also Kittle. able to retain um, – Debo Samuel, which was huge. So now right. you have that reliable target that you're going to be able to hit what, 90% of the time when things go south. Right, and not to mention you have Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Trey Sermon. They, you know, they just drafted, I think, two more running backs. So yeah. like they, they have a run game. They have a really good uh, you know, offensive line to block for the running backs. I, I'm looking at their death part. It's insane. They're loaded. Not to mention you have Kyle Shanahan. But. Right, right. I mean, go <laughs> like, go across their their uh, you know their line, their defensive line, because uh, you know you don't want them to have to win shootouts, right? Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, uh, Armstead, Nick Bosa, you got Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and I don't know who that guy is at uh, at linebacker. He'll probably be serviceable because everybody is. You have Jimmy Ward in the secondary, right? He's been solid. Uh, Darquez Denard, you had Charvarius Ward from Kansas City, right? He was really, really serviceable. I mean, they're solid almost everywhere you look. I'm looking at their their roster right now. They're solid. Look, I don't think anyone argues that that's the best situation of all these quarterbacks. No, he's definitely has the... You could, you could roll out Justin Fields right now. No, oh, Chicago close. is a dumpster fire. Not even close. Um, you can roll out Zach Wilson and the right, Jets. Right, they're, they're probably going to be another tire fire because, you know, if you were a betting man, right, you had to put money down on it, would you bet that the Jets were going to be good or were going to be a tire fire? Tire fire. Thank you. So they're going to be a tire fire. I mean, like, what have we seen from that organization that screams stability and that screams we breed quarterbacks? Not right. much. Right. Go ahead and look at... Um, Mac Jones in New England. Well, you know, his second year is supposed to be filled with development. Nope, here's a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach and a defensive back coach as your three main offensive assistants. Have fun. Clearly not the best situation. No. Trevor Lawrence was my pick, but at the end of the day, I have to admit, it's Jacksonville. 
right? Why would I have any faith in Jacksonville to do anything? I don't. He does. He definitely doesn't have the stability around him as much as a Trey Lance. But I, I think Trevor Lawrence has oh, things about talent. him that set right. him way ahead of a lot of other quarterbacks. But if you were looking for the best environment to nurture a young quarterback, it would be San Francisco. Out of all these teams that have a second-year quarterback. Can run the football, play good defense, solid offensive line, the best left tackle in football, one of the most creative offensive coaches and in I football. And I mean, he's huge, and he's athletic, and he has everything. He passes the eye test. He has all the intangibles. Let's see. He is 6'4", 230. Yeah. So big dude. That'll play. That's, no, that'll, that'll no. certainly play. Booming arm. Yeah, that'll play. That'll play. I mean, uh, so I saw this throw. He was rolling to his left. Kind of threw a crossbody, had to like almost jump, spin, <laughs> boop, sling it. It was a layered throw over a defender, but in front of the safeties, beautiful toss. Beautiful toss. Now, granted, it's not the upside you worry about. It's the consistency, right? He's only completing sure. like 58% of his throws last season in two games. So, sure. you know, not ideal. I mean, not ideal. It? It's... Um... He had 603 yards. In two games? Not in bad. two games. Five touchdowns, two picks. That's not bad. No. It's the completion percentage I worry about. Yes. Right. What you can't do with this team is lose the game for them, and a bunch of three and outs lose the game for you. 57.7%. Right. You might not be actively throwing it to their team, but you know a three and out, you're not helping either. No. Right. 57% completion percentage last year and a 97.3 QBR, so call them 97. Right. Not bad. Love okay, it. so so your pick is Trey Lance. I'll go, I'll go Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I like that. Well, would you look at the time? That's uh, that's everything we have for so, this week. T- to sum up, uh, screw Cleveland, <laughs> um, screw the Patriots. Uh, Jets are going to be a tire fire. Yeah. And Josh Allen, if there, you know, I don't know what you believe in, but if there was going to be a second coming of Jesus, I'd look long and hard at him. Yeah, um, coming straight out of Buffalo Orchard Park there to uh, to, take to the sum reins, up. There's to there's take the, the summary of our show. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate stopping by. Right, uh, go check out the social media. We are always posting on there. I know we'll have a bunch of TikToks going up this week, so go check that out. All the links can be found in the description of this episode, no matter where you're watching, listening, you know. Any way that you consume the content that is our show, we guys, we, we thank you guys. Make sure you know if you have a phone, iPhone, screen record. Yes. Uh, me absolutely dumping on the Browns. Send it to your local Browns fan. Uh, ruin their day. If you yes. know a Patriots fan, ruin their day as well. We really appreciate you help spreading that word. Thank yeah. you guys.